Welcome. Welcome to Know Your Roles, the podcast where we find unexpected connections and give you that context you never knew you needed from film and television, music, literature, sports, and more. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Kleiman, and this is my co-host, Mr. George Sean Payton Gordon III. Take it away, George. Oh, thank you, Dave. Dave, it's, uh, it's just me, you, and uh, producer Mary Best. We're going to do one more round. And for this week, we're going to be talking about rookie seasons and debut albums. And uh, I had a good time because all of my albums that I mentioned, I listened to today. So we're going to have some fun. But before we get into that, how are you? I'm uh, I'm doing all right, George. Thank you for asking. Uh, this is a big week in bagels for uh, my my family personally. Um, it was uh, my dad's birthday the other day. Shout out to my dad! Happy birthday! Nice. We sent him bagels. We sent him New York bagels, which he appreciated, and actually from uh, Brooklyn Bagel Co., which is in Manhattan, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to uh, my uh, future father-in-law because that's his spot. Yeah, and then uh, I dropped Hill off at work the other day and was like, you know what? I really need a dozen bagels. <laughs> so I went and got bagels. And uh, yeah, I've been eating a lot of bagels the last few days. So, you know, what could be what could be better than that? That sounds heavenly. <laughs> how, how are you doing, George? I'm good. I'm a smidge, smidge hungover. I'm not really sure what the kids say now. I'm a touch. I'm a touch hungover. I saw live music for the first time in a year and a half last night. It was wonderful. So shout out to my friends over at Mama Tried, who uh, have a little backspace with a with a stage and socially distant tables. Got to see my friend uh, Eric Biondo's jazz group. The cool thing is like they had never played with each other and just sort of improvised that whole thing. And it was it was rad and it was wonderful and the weather was nice. It was great to to see some music. From talking to some few folks, apparently we're going to be seeing some live music this summer at a major venue. So that's a good way to, to segue into Bar Talk because we're going to be talking about the CDC guidelines along with that. And uh, Elon Musk is going to be on SNL. And what caught our eye on as far as uh, trailers go, as, as far as uh, I, I, the Elon Musk <laughs> makes me laugh. But they're like, uh, they're, they're coming attractions and some, uh, some trailers that, we, that caught our eye. Um, uh, so Dave, why don't you take it away? Which, what do you want to start with? You want to start with COVID guidelines? Okay. Well, yeah, the CDC has changed, uh, their guidelines as far as like where you have to wear a mask as far as indoor and outdoor and what you can do as far as vaccinated people and unvaccinated people. And if that didn't make any sense to you, what I just said, then you're confused just like the rest of us, because they released this ridiculous chart with like these, these graphics of like these people with bad it, it just makes no fucking sense i'm gonna still be wearing my mask like in most most scenarios and places but uh george how are you how are you feeling about it i think i was just more confused it's like it's like color-coded yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i'm like i'm nine <laughs> orange means hot <laughs> blue is cool i mean i guess we we knew this was like it was like, gonna be a thing that was happening uh, i I, I, I get probably going to be wearing masks too. The way I have it set up is like, I don't really interact with anybody through like, I'm, I'm talking to somebody through a window. So it just, I guess it's really just how comfortable you are. Like I said earlier, is like about being in a place. But I think once the weather gets nice, who's going to want to sit inside anyway? So it's just how I feel. 
Yeah, well, that's true, especially with the outdoor. I think still, like, you know, we need to, like, really embrace that out the outdoor stuff. And, like, because, you know, the thing is, they just keep changing all the fucking guidelines and all the goalposts, like, constantly. They keep saying, like, we're not going to do this until this. And then they keep op- doing, doing, you know what I mean? Like, at least here in New York City. And we're still a ways away from herd immunity mm-hmm. as far as vaccines go. And, like, we're going in the right direction. But, like it's kind of stalled out a little bit because the outreach isn't that great. You know what I mean? There's like this attitude that, oh, everyone who's got, who wants one has gotten one. And that's like not true, really. And, you know, it's because people like just don't know. People are scared, you know, they're scared of stuff. And that's understandable, especially when you attach like a big pharma company fucking name to something like Pfizer and, and all this shit. And like, it's a for-profit system instead of being like, hey, we found a cure for this horrible disease. Everyone can have it, which is like what what we should strive to be. But anyway, I don't want to get too, uh, too, I don't want to go too far. We're just going to let you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know you were. And uh, that's why I'm going to stop myself. You know, yeah, we're just, I think everything is flexible. At least I would say the best thing about some of the things here in New York City that they are like kind of releasing is this stupid fucking rule that you have to have food with mm-hmm. alcohol, you know, which kills places that like aren't set up to do food. Right. So they're going to be loosening that decree. So at least uh, that'll be gone. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I've I've eaten a lot of hot dogs (laughs) because I had to. Like chips or like. Yeah, a lot lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of not good food. (laughs) Eat this ham and cheese sandwich. I'm like, sure. (laughs) It's just like, you know, what are the, yeah, it's, it sucks. But uh, all right. I. Anything, anything else on that? No, nah, that's it. But I, I'm, it's, it's going to be, the summer's going to be wild. So. <laughs> oh, also we want to say, uh, echoing something Mary Beth said in a, in a text, uh, the other day, fuck Tucker Carlson. Fuck that guy. Cause he's a shit. What, what happened there? He's, he can't just start off and then. Oh, you didn't hear this. I'll let Mary Beth. Yes. Um, he, um, for, for those, uh, for those unfortunate folk who are, in a sphere where you're consistently hearing from this um, this wildly inappropriate, this wildly improper, this wildly arrogant, um, seemingly horrible person um, who is a Fox News correspondent, uh, Tucker Carlson, um, he essentially put out a call for people to harass mask wearers outside. And I, and I say that with very little levity because he quite directly, he said, if you see, especially children wearing masks outside, he compared it to physical abuse on children. He asked people to call the police. And especially in the current climate, especially, especially in the current climate, asking people or advocating for calling police on people who are wearing masks outside and putting masks on children outside, it's its incredibly disgusting. Um, so we want to encourage people to please not do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please be mindful. Please be mindful that there are people with autoimmune diseases who are more susceptible to airborne pathogens who may choose to wear masks outside just to be safe. Um, and also, people like to accessorize with masks. Come on. If someone wants to wear a mask outside, let them wear a mask outside. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's confusing. CDC guidelines are confusing right now. We're doing the best we can. Everybody is. 
And if you want to wear a mask, keep wearing a mask. There's nothing wrong with keeping a mask on until we know that we have mitigated the spread of this deadly virus. So please take care of yourselves. Please take care of each other. Please don't attack people for taking precautions. And please circulate the hashtag fire Tucker Carlson because he should not be on television. He, he should not be giving people advice. He should not be directing people on how to behave. Um, and, uh, and I sincerely hope that he's not doing it for much longer. Uh, well said. I love uh, how you are so scathing against him, but you, you're so restrained. It's, ama- it's amazing. <laughs> um, and I will just end that by saying, uh, yeah, he's a white supremacist piece of shit. And allowing him on the air is like a fucking very dangerous, disgusting thing. I haven't thought about this dude in like, 10 years <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize he was a thing still <laughs> good on you it's like you know in the social media sphere you see things that you sure, yeah. can never unsee and you know like i do can check fox news on occasion just to like see what this crazy shit is that they were talking about mm-hmm. anyway speaking of like shitty people that shouldn't be on tv <laughs> snl has decided that they are so desperate to be talked about and and we are talking about them. That's uh, they are having Elon Musk as their host, billionaire Elon Musk. Uh, yeah, George. I know you have some people that are kind of associated with SNL, and I know that a lot of people associated with SNL are not happy about this. Yeah, I think it was uh, Bowen Yang and one of the writers. One of my friends is a writer on the show, and uh, I just wonder if that's going to be funny. <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? It's like. Uh, like I don't, I I don't find SNL like super funny to begin with anyway, with the exception of like when they have like a charming guest, like Daniel Kaluuya was was pretty good, and then uh, Carrie Mulligan I think the very next week was really good, and uh, I like when they have actors on there. So whenever they have like the the celebrity that's I guess a celebrity that's not an actor, it doesn't really do it for me. But I'm interested to see a train wreck. <laughs> I'm hoping that it's like, it's like, it goes over yeah. like a fart in an elevator. Ugh. I'm hoping it's like the worst thing ever. And I can't wait to watch it. This would be like one of the few episodes that I'll actually watch yeah. all the way through. Yeah. Just to see how bad it is. Yeah, I can't watch that shit. To me, it's like so ridiculous. Like, you know, in 2015, they, they had Donald Trump on. And it's like not exactly the same thing, but like giving these people- Was a it funny? Platform, I don't know. I'm not going to watch that shit. Like, it's like- Giving these people a platform is like, come on, man. E- Elon Musk uh, tripled his net worth during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Tripled, you know, and like, it's just like he doesn't need. And it's funny because it, it's like they clearly need him because they want to like he doesn't need to go. He had he ha- I think he has 50 million Twitter fo- followers, mm-hmm. which is like way more viewers than SNL has ever had. like. Right. Yeah, they could make it funny. I mean, like, it's like that Seinfeld episode in which like they offend you. It offended me as a comedian. <laughs> and they're bad jokes. Yeah, no, I'll give it a go because it's something I'm like, this is funny. <laughs> like, uh, I didn't think that Eli Manning was going to be any good. And Eli Manning was actually pretty funny. So, so we'll see if it's funny. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll tell me all about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably won't watch it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. that, that second half, the second half of SNL, I'm like, whoo. Yeah, it's, I, I agree. Fall asleep. All right, so let's move on to the most fun bar topic and uh, trailers. It's something that both uh, you and I love. We love to watch trailers. Not everybody does. I understand why Hillary is like, you know, she goes nut. Like, I'm like, just watch these five trailers. <laughs> She's like, no, like, I don't want to do that. Um, 
but I do. So, uh, George, what's uh, what are some of the ones you you saw and got you kind of excited? Well, I'll start off with the one that's like because it's it, it airs tomorrow on Amazon Prime. I'm debating whether or not I'm going to stay up till two to watch it or just w- wake up in the morning and watch it. And that's without remorse. I've watched the trailer like five times. <laughs> Inject that in my fucking veins immediately. The Tom Clancy, Michael B. Jordan, he plays uh, John Clark, which is one of the more popular characters from the book. And I'm like, oh my God, this looks incredible. So I'm super excited about that. I'll probably watch that twice. <laughs> it's like cocaine for your eyeballs. It's like, please give me that right now. I like how you're already planning. Oh man. Another trailer that I that looked kind of interesting because like somebody pitched it as Lord of the Flies in space is Voyagers. That trailer looked kind of entertaining. I was entertained by that. Brian uh, Tyree uh, Henry is in a new movie called uh, The Outside Story. It's so Brooklyn, it's painful that I, I'm I I want to watch that too. That look that trailer looks awesome. I like him a lot. Yeah, one of my friends in it, Jordan Carlos. So shout out to Jordan Carlos. And then I saw the the West Side Story teaser, and I want to watch that. That movie look that looks great. My only my only beef with it is like. Uh, <laughs> It's like, I don't, enjoy, I don't, I don't, we shouldn't be remaking movies that are already good. You know what makes Ocean's Eleven awesome is that the original Ocean's Eleven is a terrible movie. Yeah. It's not a good movie. That's why I'm like, yeah. So it's like, let's not remake it. It's like, just show the original movie. The movie's so good. But yeah, I'm into it because like, I like, I like the music from West Side Story. So, um, uh, yeah, no, I, those, those are the, those are the four that caught my eye this week. Uh, Without Remorse. Voyagers and Outside Story. What were some of the ones that caught your eye? Yeah, well, that that's funny. You mentioned that. I, I feel the same way about like don't remake movies that were good. That's that's you're totally defeating the purpose. That's so stupid. But yeah, there the couple of things I I watched trailers for that I like heard a little bit about, but then watched the trailer and was like, oh shit. One is this new Netflix series. I think it's actually up already. It's called Yasuke Animation. It's like an anime, basically. It's like an old school style, mm-hmm. kind of like 80s, 90s stuff, which is like when I was kind of watching that stuff as a kid. Um, and it's about like a black samurai and the characters played voiced by Lakeith Stanfield and all the music is flying Lotus. So like, it looks super cool. The trailer is dope. That's fun. Yeah. Definitely some late night, you know, weed smoking, uh, fair. I think also watched the trailer for this really awesome documentary called her name is chef about female chefs mm-hmm. and like how they have navigated working in a male-dominated industry that's not always great to them and yeah it's it looks really interesting and uh one of the chefs who they feature is uh the late fatima ali who you may remember from sure yeah top chef uh, who unfortunately sadly passed of cancer i believe um but it's cool that we get to see her and there's like elizabeth faulkner in it and like a bunch of name chefs it, it it looks really cool really uh especially for us, like in the service industry, like us males, uh, like it's really, it looked real powerful to be like, oh shit, like I want to hear these stories and, you know, stuff you already know, but hearing it from the source. The only other like real, real quick ones, I watched like some uh, pop fair, which that the Loki series, I know you guys are, I know you guys are like fans of the Marvel series and I'm sure I will get around to them at some point. But I did actually watch the trailer for that the Loki show, and it, it looks kind of mm-hmm. cool. Looks Owen Wilson is in it. It looked uh, it looked like more you know kind of funny, which is which I appreciate. I like the ones that are funny. Yeah, and I watched the trailer for Space Jam. I think I watched I've watched it like two or three times. I yeah, 
I don't know. <laughs> Talk about movies that like if you are gonna remake movies that aren't that good, make them good. <laughs> don't make like the same movie but worse. <laughs> but uh yeah, Space Jam, it's a thing, it's a movie. Have you seen the trailer for it, George? Uh, duh. All of the yeah. stuff that I watched that I enjoyed tr- tracks on like the sort of like not good for you stuff. <laughs> like I've seen the movie Den of Thieves like 10 times. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's one of those ones that I will watch. Like, I'll watch Space Jam out of, like, you know, some... Tra- I, w- I want to watch The train wreck, you know? Because, yeah, it's, it looks like one. <laughs> it looks like a... Anyway, all right. I think that's, uh, that'll do it for Bar Talk. We're all tapped out. We're going to go ahead and jump into this week's game. Let's do it. Okay, so this week we're going to be talking about Rookie Season's two debut albums. Uh, oddly enough, I did a lot of research as far as like some of my favorite rookie seasons. And uh, Dave, you're going to be blown away at what I've come up with. So, but I'm going to let you go first. So, what is your first rookie season to your first debut album? Uh, I also had a lot of fun doing this and uh, seeing your face when you were describing that. I'm excited to hear yours. Um, all right. My first one is really the only one that I went with that's kind of a flop. And, uh, <laughs> you know, as a rookie season and and as a debut album. And that's Adam Morrison. (laughs) Adam Morrison, the third pick in the 2006 draft by, of course, the Charlotte Bobcats, who were run by Michael Jordan. And I believe (laughs) that was his first, was that his first pick, uh, his first decision as a a GM? I I believe that it was. That makes sense. and yeah, Adam Morrison was like college player of the year. He was on a great Gonzaga team. He kind of uh, was part of the first group that kind of like put took Gonzaga from like a mid-major to with like a major, which they kind of are now. But he wasn't very good. <laughs> and his rookie season was his best season. And he scored 11.8 points. He had two assists. He shot under 40% from the field and was widely like pretty much panned because like, you know, if you pick, if you're a number three pick, you're looking at it to be a, a guy who's got all-star level game. Um, and he certainly did not. And it like followed Jordan for quite a while because he, he, he also like, it took him like 15 years to get a draft pick, right? <laughs> like LaMelo ball potentially, but Adam Morrison, he has two championship rings, with the Lakers. He has two championship rings oh. and he barely played on those teams, but that is why as an album debut, it is, Ghetto Superstar by Praz, <laughs> also a flop of the Fugees, uh, who for me as a kid, I was like, I love Praz. He's like one of my, he's my favorite of the Fugees, <laughs> which is a ridiculous statement. And then it took like me listen, buying and listening to like his whole album to be like, oh, oh, there's a reason why I like you only like him for like 30 seconds on a track. And, uh, but at the same time, that single Ghetto Superstar, which he's, not even featured that heavily on. It's mostly Maya and Old Dirty Bastard. Uh, that song's huge, huge hit, mm-hmm. and it sold copies. So, like, you know, again, Adam Morrison, he won two championships, or he was on two teams that won championships. Just like Praz was on an album that one song sold a lot of copies of. But yeah, so Adam Morrison's rookie season is Ghetto Superstar by Praz. George, my first one is. Uh... Number 56 for New York Giants. And I'm talking about Lawrence Taylor, who redefined the position of the middle linebacker or outside linebacker, whatever position that he was playing. Uh, his rookie season, he had nine and a half sacks, and he was defensive rookie of the year 
and defensive player of the year, the only person in NFL history to do so. So coming out of the gate, Lawrence Taylor is uh, one of the greatest NFL players of all time, never mind defense. So I thought of a, a record that was going to, like, that came out of the gate hot, just like Lawrence Taylor did. And Lawrence Taylor played for New York Giants. This is a New York band. And the album I'm talking about is July 30th, 2001, Is This It by The Strokes. Uh, the Guardian in 2007 called it probably the most important rock album of the past 10 years. So Lawrence Taylor is The Strokes, Is This It, Dave. Nice. Yeah, coming in hot. <laughs> coming in hot. Lawrence Taylor definitely was always coming in hot. <clears throat> yeah, stories about him are nuts. Uh, all right. My next one, this one's got a little bit of a, a tragedy to it, unfortunately. But the the athlete in the rookie season is Jose Fernandez, who was the great uh, young pitcher for the, the Miami Marlins, who tragically passed away a few years in a boating accident. It's really sad because what he left us with was so great. He had four seasons and his ERA was under three in every season. He, he, he had a couple of seasons where he was injured, but he was just starting to come back to like an elite level. But his first season, his, he started 28 games and had a 2.19 ERA. He was an all-star. He was the rookie of the year. He was third in Cy Young voting. And like I said, he only, he was only here for four seasons. And that is why as an album, his rookie season is unknown pleasures by joy division another fantastic band um that didn't that all the work that they gave us is great you know and you only wish that uh ian curtis the lead singer was uh, around to to uh give us more so yeah jose fernandez is unknown pleasures by joy division uh my first my my next rookie um uh, his rookie season he scored 21 points 10 rebounds at four halves, four and a half assists. I'm talking about number 33, Larry Legend, Larry Bird. Now, as far as a rookie season goes, that those are just solid, solid numbers. So I thought of a band whose first album is just solid, solid, solid. So I thought of myself, I was like, if I'm going to talk about a Boston player, I should talk about a, a Boston band. And I'm talking about The Cars, The Cars, released June 6, 1978. So these are the nine songs on The Cars' first record. Good times roll. My best friend's girl. Just what I needed. I'm in touch with your world. Don't you stop. That's side one. Side two. You're all, about, you're all I got tonight. Bye bye love. Moving in stereo. Shout out Phoebe Cates from Fast Time to Ridgemont High. And all mixed up. A solid, solid record. That's like a, that's basically a greatest hits on your first record. So yeah, those are like all number one hits. <laughs> <laughs> so Larry Bird is the, the cars, the cars of rookie seasons. All right. Awesome. My next one is I'm actually going into the realm of hockey and I'm going to talk about one of the greatest rookie seasons in history, which is team Mussolini in 1992, the Finnish product who played for the Winnipeg jets scored a record 76 goals in his rookie season. That's incredible. It's one of those uh, records that they say uh, may never be broken. You know, and that is why as an album, it's Pearl Jam 10, because they also like they they like formed as a band. And like six months later, they had like a number one record and they were they went from playing tiny little clubs to packed arenas 
in like the snap of fingers. Uh, shout out to uh, Pearl Jam 20 um, by Cameron Crowe. That's a, that's a good, it's uh, a good doc. Also shout out to my friend Connor Slattery, who was like, if, if Timo Solani's uh, record falls, it's because they changed the rules so much that, that uh, goal scoring is higher now, but <laughs> otherwise it won't fall. So anyway, George, it's your next one. My next rookie, this is uh, going to be very, very dear to your heart. Um, uh, this this rookie I'm going to be talking about on uh, May 6th, I believe, had 20 strikeouts, which is the most strikeouts for a nine-inning game. That season, he went 13-6 and six and was National League Rookie of the Year. And leading up to this rookie's, rookie season, people knew that he was going to be good because in AAA the year before, he was 10-2. and two. It was like there was like – he couldn't miss what we're basically saying. The rookie I'm talking about is Kerry Wood. So I figure if I'm going to talk about a Chicago player, I should use a Chicago artist to talk about them. And again, this is a, a record that just like, you knew this couldn't be bad because all the people that are tied to it. So like just some of the guests that are on this record, Selena Johnson, Jay-Z, Consequence, Common, Mostef, Freeway, Tully, Lucas, just to name a few to stand on tracks for me or Spaceship and All Falls Down. And uh, School Spirit, and the record I'm talking about was released February 10th, 2004, and that's Kanye's College Dropout. Just like Kerry Wood, you knew that he was going to be good, and all this hype leading up to this Kanye record, you knew it was going to be good, and it was. So, Dave, Kerry Wood, rookie season is the college dropout of albums. Uh, I fucking love that. <laughs> um, thank you so much for giving me that that moment. Um, yeah, Kerry Wood's 20 strikeout game, I remember it vividly. I watched it. I watched every fucking second of it. Uh, he should have had a no hitter in that game. Ricky Gutierrez booted a ball that they call the hit, but it was a fucking error. Um, but uh, and then I think he also hit Craig Biggio in the. He hit a. He, he hit somebody. He hit yeah, Craig Biggio. Yes. Yeah, that that tracks. Um, but yeah, dude, that was like yeah, that was like a month into his career, and I mean, oh my god, it was, I think, oh it was, I think god. it's it's May sixth, if I remember yeah. correctly, nineteen ninety eight. That's incredible. Yeah. Amazing. All right. As much as I would love to talk about uh, Kid K more, but uh, I'm going to do my next one. And that's also a baseball pitcher and who had one of the best rookie seasons and who came on the scene as a 19 year old and lit it up. And of course, that is Dwight Doc Gooden, who in his season, in his rookie season, Again, he was 19 years old. He was an all-star. He was the rookie of the year. He led the league in strikeouts. He had 17 wins. People were calling him Dr. K, and then they shortened it just to Doc. Again, one of the best that ever did it. And that's why as an album debut, it is 10 years later, 1994, Illmatic from Nas, an album we've mentioned before. But again, he was 19 when he cut that album. And it's so incredible. You know, it's as good as pe- everybody in their prime was doing, you know? And uh, yeah. So doc Gooden, it doc Gooden's rookie season is Illmatic by Nas George. All right. So these last two albums and last two uh, athletes are some of my favorites. Some kind of probably going to get really, really big when I talk about these guys, but so here we go. My next uh, rookie season is technically wasn't a rookie season. But it was his first season in the NHL because the year before he was in another league, which I think was called the AHL or whatever. Anyway, and his first season in the NHL, he was awarded the Hart Memorial Trophy, which he would win eight straight times. 
Uh, his point total his first season was uh, 137 points, the highest point total by a first-year NHL player of all time. And I'm talking about the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Now, when I think of artists that they compare him to, I'm going to compare him to the greatest band of all time, and that is the band, fellow Canadians, Rich Danko, Rich Manuel, Garth Hudson, Levon Helm, and Robbie Robertson. And they, they, their album, their, uh, their debut is Music from Big Pink, which is a monster, Tears of Rage, Long Black Veil, This Wheel's on Fire, I Shall Be Released is the last song on that record, and also The Weights on that record, too. So the great one is also the greatest band, the band, and their greatest album, their debut, Music from Big Pink. Dave. You've really got to be great if you just call yourself the band. <laughs> um, love it. All right. Uh, so my very last one, I got to give some love uh, to my Seattle, Washington uh, people. It's going to be uh, very Seattle heavy. And the athlete and the rookie season I'm going to talk about is the sixth pick in the 2006 NBA draft. And the theme for this one is kind of what could have been. And that's Brandon Roy. Now, Brandon Roy, shooting guard, he kind of, uh, he had a lot of different skills. He could, he was a great passer. He, he had, his assist numbers were great. His rookie season, he averaged 17 points, four assists, four rebounds. Not a ton of six picks go on to win the rookie of the year because you're not necessarily looking like after you get, you know, through the top three picks, you're, it's kind of hit or miss. Right. And, and uh, you're not necessarily counting on those guys to become like franchise superstars which brandon roy did become for a few years and only three other six picks went on to win the rookie of the year which would be adrian dantley the aforementioned larry bird and damian lillard so that's pretty good company but sadly brandon roy's career was cut short by injuries and he had a lot of knee problems and he you know he could never really never really recover the way that he needed to but he was great and he was one of the better players of his generation. And like, had he gone on he, and he kind of represented like the new style of, of play and athlete, as far as like, he was really long and he played great defense and he could pass the, he could handle the ball and pass the ball and lead the team that way. That is why as an album, it is one of the best rock albums ever made. 1967's are you experienced by Jimi Hendrix? Jimi Hendrix and the experience, but like, like the other guys on Ryder Roy's team, no offense to Noel Redding and like whoever the drummers, whatever the drummer's name is, like they weren't the show. Jimmy was the show. And yeah, that album is incredible. I listened to it. I was, I've been listening to it the last few days. I have it on vinyl, actually my parents vinyl, which is amazing. Nice. It's so fucking good. It still holds up. It's incredible. And I forgot how different. It, it like you know that's the thing what i'm saying what could have been because hendrix he had he did so many different styles and like you know people kind of pigeonhole him and you hear like the big hits like foxy and let me stand next to your fire and those are those are like great tracks but man i was listening to uh may this be love the other day that's a great song um mm-hmm. he just did a lot of different things and you know as he before he he passed uh sadly he was like getting into jazz and like orchestral stuff. And it's just like, I always thought I've always thought about like what he would be doing had he, you know, stayed around and uh, yeah, Seattle, Washington. Great. Both Brandon Roy and Jimi Hendrix. So 
Brandon Roy's rookie season is the Are You Experienced? Jimmy. Nice. Well, as all of these, I try to try to stick the landing. So I always try to say the best one for last. And this one, this this rookie season and this artist is very dear to my heart because one, I have a bobblehead of this player on my shelf. And two, the album that I compare him to, the band is tattooed on my right arm. And the person I'm talking about, his rookie season, he had 16 points, five rebounds, six and a half assists. He uh, was the MVP of the rookie game and came in second to Chris Webber as far as rookie of the year. And I'm talking about Mr. Anthony Penny Hardaway, one of my favorite players of all time because he, like myself, went to the University of Memphis. So shout out to Memphis, Tennessee. Unfortunately, like Penny's career wasn't, uh, wasn't as long as it, as it could have been. It was like uh, the injuries caught up to him and whatever. It, but for, uh, for a handful of years, Penny was the man. So I figure I compare him to one of my favorite bands of all time, a band that also hails from Memphis, Tennessee. And I'm talking about Big Star's number one record released in August 1972. There's a great Brian Eno quote, and he's talking about the Velvet Underground. It's like the Velvet Underground does sell a lot of records. But the people who bought those records started bands. You can say the same thing about Big Star's number one record, because without that record, you don't have R.E.M. You don't have The Replacements. You don't have a lot of other bands. You heard those the number one record and was like, wow, this this record's incredible. And uh, it is a masterclass in power pop. And it's sneaky great. And just like Penny, not a whole lot of work that they did. Big Star only made three records. Penny only had like five amazing seasons. But for me and for the money, Penny and number one record are both all timers. So Penny Hardaway is the number one record. Big Star's number one record of rookie seasons and debuts. Cool. Yeah. I, as soon as you said uh, bobblehead and tattoo, I was like, oh, I know, I know what, the, <laughs> I know what this is. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Big star. Yeah. You're always, you've always been, I remember hearing stuff at the bar and being like, what is this? And you're like, oh, it's big star. It's big star. Any, any chance you get. It's tattooed on my arm forever. Love it. And, <laughs> And just to clarify, like the record is actually called number one record. It's called number one record. Which is hysterical. Coming out hot. Number one record. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, I think we did it. We did. That was actually very fun. That's going to do it for our game. And we're going to go into last call where we talk about stuff we're looking forward to and stuff we're looking at over the next period of time here. George, what do you, uh, what do you got coming up? What are you interested in? Two of my favorite sporting events is happening. This weekend, we'll start with the small one because I, I do love the Derby. Kentucky Derby is a Saturday. Uh, I've never actually been, but I, I hear it's quite the party. And uh, shout out to my buddy, Brian Marks, who handicaps horses, uh, college buddy. So I, I I love the Derby, all a minute and a half of it. <laughs> There's like five hours of lead up and then the, the race is actually like a minute and a half. Um, uh, and then maybe hopefully in the next few years, I'll be able to go. And then the other thing, probably like uh, it's a top five like sporting event for me, and that's the NFL draft. I love the draft. Just like I'm a nerd out for a second. When I was a kid, I used to like write down all the picks on like a legal pad. I was I was like Mel Kiper in my own house. <laughs> like I did that up until like maybe like the eighth or ninth grade. I was like, I probably should just not do this anymore. But no, I love the NFL draft. And uh, this is going to be one of the more entertaining drafts because after the second pick, it's a free for all. And I, I cannot wait for that. There's going to be some great storylines. It's going to be 
it's a three-hour TV show that I'm looking forward to it. And there's going to be people on Twitter losing their effing minds, and I can't wait for it. And there's going to be all these people who don't know what they're talking about, myself included. It's like, oh, that shouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh, my my favorite player in the draft is uh, J.C. Horn, Joe Horn's kid. He is a cornerback for the South Carolina Gamecocks. And uh, one, one, uh, one draft analyst said that he uh, – it's like uh, the one thing I love about J.C. Horn is he tries to end it at the line of scrimmage, and I just love that. <laughs> He's trying to end it. Anyway, Dave, what are you looking awesome. forward to? Um, both uh, two long, long TV shows, that's for sure. At least the draft is like a lot more action. Can't wait. The the derby, like can't the wait. actual derby is great, but the lead up to it is like I can't handle that. I don't, it's like six hours of madness. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I have to like kick out of old man once who – uh, of my bar who like demanded to like hear the sound of the 30 minutes before the derby. <laughs> I'm like, we're not going to listen to that. And there but, but, like of the actual race. That's one thing. But like, he wanted to hear them talking about it 45 minutes in a restaurant. Oh no, sir. Oh, of course not. No, sir. Yeah. 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 No, 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 no. Um, it was ridiculous. But, but uh, anyway, <laughs> I was just like, no, sir, I will not be doing that. We don't, we don't do that here, sir. We are a restaurant. But anyway, <laughs> the couple, uh, just a couple of things real quick that I'm looking forward to. One, uh, I actually watched the first episode the other night when I like, got home from work, which is like the perfect time to watch this, uh, which is Life in Color. <laughs> I mean, just any time after you smoke weed is perfect time to watch this because it's a it's a new Netflix nature doc uh, docu series with David Attenborough, who you know he does all the Planet Earth and everything. It's it's a little bit different though because he's I I think I mentioned in the text he's actually in it. <laughs> like he he you see him like walking around and like talking, which is so bizarre to me because you usually just hear him as like a disembodied voice. Um, but it's super cool. They it's all about how animals communicate through color and like some ways that humans can't even see and they've developed new technology that like sees color in a different way it's it's fucking it's awesome super cool and like like i said one of those things where if you get like snowed or whatever you're just like oh my god this is incredible um the only other really quick things uh uh is uh, again, I've shouted them out on the show before, but they're, I just think they're doing such a great job. I want to shout out Soft Power Vote and their their newsletter that they send out every Sunday. They sent it out uh, last week and and uh, I read it to myself and it, they echoed a lot of things I said last week in Last Call, but they put it like much more eloquently than I did. So I, I definitely wanted to shout them out and uh, definitely check out the Level Up newsletter. Uh, they also like Diane Morales for the record. Uh, I'm going to mention her name again. If you haven't heard it, look it up. Diane Morales. Anyway, that's uh, that's going to do it for me. And now we're going to check in with our producer, Mary Bess, at MB's booth. Mary Bess. Thanks, Dave. As many may know, a second surge in coronavirus cases in India has overwhelmed the healthcare system, leaving thousands dead and many on their own to fight the pandemic as ambulances, hospital beds, oxygen, medicine, and even cremation grounds are in short supply. The Washington Post states, India's healthcare infrastructure is buckling as a record-breaking surge of infections exposes what experts say are decades of underinvestment combined with a lack of preparation by the government for a second wave. The country is reporting more than 300,000 cases and nearly 3,000 deaths a day although official figures understate the scale of the calamity. 
end quote. Countries around the world, including the U.S., have offered aid to India, but the need is immediate, and for many, it's already too late. The crisis is not only devastating, but a stark reminder of just how deadly, how quick, and how serious this virus and its variants are. We must stay vigilant and do our best to take care of ourselves and each other until we have this pandemic under control. As of this episode's release, all Americans age 16 and over are eligible for vaccinations. We here at Know Your Roles encourage you to get vaccinated at your earliest convenience, and please be mindful of distancing and masking when sharing spaces with large groups. Uh, to schedule an appointment in New York City, you can go to nychealthandhospitals.org or call 1-877-VAX-4NYC, which is 1-877-829-4692. Many vaccination sites are also accepting walk-ins. And if you'd like to offer aid to India, you can donate to organizations like UNICEF, PATH, and Care India, or to organizations on the ground like the Indian Red Cross and Keto, a fundraising platform in Mumbai, a hotspot of the country's latest COVID outbreak that is raising funds to purchase 3,000 oxygen concentrators. And we'll link to these organizations in this week's episode description. Thank you very much, Mary Bess, for all of that information. Yeah, that's definitely, I think we're definitely thinking about that, should be thinking about that situation in India and a lot of the global South, because we in this country are in a in a place where we have a lot of vaccines. We, we have access to them, you know, and uh, a lot of those countries don't. I was reading something like it's going to take 10 to 20 years for people to be vaccinated in some countries, you know, to have herd immunity. So definitely help where you can. All right. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up this show. Go ahead and keep an eye out for our next guest. We're going to be releasing that on our social media, on Twitter and Instagram in the next couple of days. And always check for our new episodes every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. I want to go ahead and thank producer Mary Bess. And thank you to George. Thank you to all of our listeners. And thank you to the awesome team that did our theme song. Alan Tech Kid, Nate88, Kazo Oslo. As always, everyone stay safe and stay healthy. And uh, of course, that's my usual send off, which is uh, wear your mask over your fucking nose. That includes all the people that I saw outside of Dave's bar smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Drinking, not wearing masks. Uh, Saw all of yes. <laughs> And the security guard that we eventually hired will be wearing a mask as well. Because, yeah, that was a fucking disaster. To show.